day. I'm Lorraine Lawson, Deputy Editor of Bank Automation News. Welcome to this episode of the Weekly Wrap from Bank Automation News Podcast, The Buzz. We're pivoting this month to highlight some of the conversations featured during our Bank Automation Summit, which was held March 1st through 2nd in Charlotte, North Carolina. This episode features a discussion from our panel on leveraging smart contracts and blockchain for smarter banking. In it, you'll hear from Russell Swartz, Senior Director of Payment Product Management at TIAA, and Ananth Subramanya, Senior Vice President of Digital Business with HCL Technologies, as they share their experiences with blockchain and automation. So maybe, Russell, you could start us off today by talking about your journey with blockchains and smart contracts. What role have you played in the journey, and how have you used them to automate? Um, so kind of my background um, with blockchain was actually attending conferences and um, I had some guest speakers, Don Tapscott specifically, um, talking about his book, Blockchain Revolution. I was probably about five years ago or so and read through it and um, uh, found it to be um, really kind of fascinating. And I looked at it from the optics of what I do, which is payments, uh, moving money from point A to point B. And when I started thinking about it, I said, hey, maybe there are some great applications we could use for what um, our team at, at TIA Enterprise Payments does. And basically, we move money in and out of the organization and within the organization. Um, my first thought was, hey, could blockchain be used for an infrastructure basis for moving money within the company? And, and our company structured with um, retirement, IRA, bank brokerage, and they all live on separate platforms. And so the thought was blockchain could, could bridge that gap for us. Um, when we worked through a little bit more, um, we found um, not necessarily using our whole infrastructure, but a very specific use case of cross-platform money movement. And so it was between us and a third party um, that provides our brokerage services. And so we move cash back and forth today um, through a batch file process. And the thought was blockchain is a way for us to improve that process. Um, we were looking at it from the point of view um, can we um, reduce the number of failed transactions? Can we increase processing time and improve customer experience? And ultimately, that's, that's the, the route we end up choosing with, with blockchain. Thank you. Ananth, can you talk a little bit about your role with blockchain and, and what your company does with that? Absolutely, Ronnie. Um, like Russell was speaking, um, HCL is actually a service provider to banks. So in our role, our goal is to make sure that we can make the technology accessible and easy to consume for banks. And in that sense, we develop you know, both solutions on blockchain and developer productivity solutions. As an example, everybody knows IBM has invested in you know, Hyperledger. But leveraging Hyperledger within a bank requires the bank to learn so much more about the blockchain technology. They may not have that expertise to do. So we build you know, low-code platforms on top of Hyperledger, Ethereum, et cetera, so that consumers of the technology can make it, make, it can make it significantly easier for banks to consume it and therefore build applications on top of it. And eventually, somebody has to manage all of this infrastructure, and that's another role we play in helping the ecosystem manage the infrastructure. See, I'm still learning about this, too. This is, I mean, I guess lots of us are, right? But uh, I didn't even realize there were different I guess, platforms that you can build on. So that's been fascinating to learn. Uh, is it hard to deploy, to use? What, have you, what was your experience, Russell? Um, so being a large financial services company, um, 
we kind of looked to some of our existing business relationships. Um, so we had relationships with IBM and Oracle. Um, and our first um, POC platforms that we built um, were in Hyperledger Fabric, working with um, Oracle, who was our first iteration. Um, I, I was blessed with a great IT team that was able to work with them, um, learn the platform, build out what we need to get built. Um, they provided us support as well. Um, that was iteration one, iteration two. Um, we did with IBM. We had that same sort of support in, in working with it. So um, we had some in-house talent. People volunteered to to learn the 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 new coding language. Um, for them, it was kind of like an opportunity to expand their knowledge base and get involved in something new and cutting edge. Um, and that's you know essentially how we went out and, and built everything um, for our first few iterations of working with with blockchain. And um, so to what Russell said, the excitement exists. So if you go in within a bank and say, hey, who wants to work on it? I'm sure like 100 hands will go up and they want to work on it. I think um, you know, what customers like Russell have done is create a structure in which you can then encourage talent to work on it. And learning it is fairly simple. I think the concepts are easy. Learning the coding language is easy. But today, like I said, there are developer productivity platforms, both the platform providers themselves build like IBM and some like service providers like us build that makes the learning curve significantly, you know, it's not as steep. So which means anybody wanting to explore this technology can do it much faster. The excitement exists, I think it's about just creating enough room within the banks for people to explore the technology and make good sense and use of it. Because initially it'll be a lot of POCs. When you explore what will work, how will it work, and then who should be responsible for it. I think having the patience through that journey will certainly make it worthwhile. I think you know most of us are, of course, familiar with crypto and, and how it works with the blockchain. Um, but there are use cases beyond that, and one of those, of course, is, is the way it automates. So, Russell, you said that a smart contract is basically the business rules around an automation or uh, a program that runs on the blockchain. Can you explain just both of you a little bit more about how sure. it automates? Sure. So, um, from from how we built um, our. our platforms, um, and again, it's it's still in kind of a, a test and experimental mode for us. But basically, um, we take a transaction request from a customer, um, and we validate it against what would ultimately be the rules that our partner platform would ask, and we ask those questions in real time. So when we migrated from uh, a, a batch file process to what we're, what we're building out in blockchain, Rather than the request coming in at 12 noon and we process that request in an overnight batch file, we interrogate that request in real time. Um, and so we're, we're able to do things like, are there sufficient balances? Is, is the account open? Um, are there any restrictions on, on the transaction? Things like that. Those are all conditions that you can validate in real time through a smart contract. Uh, I call them you know, business rules. And then we immediately know what's the status of, of that transaction. Um, the difference is, is that because we work in a batch mode, we're not able to do that in real time um, when you're passing a file overnight to a, to a separate party, but by using blockchain and the shared ledger of, of common data that we can validate against, we can do those validations in real time. Interesting. I mean, we've seen use cases. Um, I think the other popular thing outside crypto is NFTs. I think anybody who's on Twitter sees all these monkeys being sold for 300K. Um, so tokenization is another very important aspect 
um, the blockchain can be used for. And we're seeing a lot more experiments in the European region where people are sending, selling tokens effectively. You, know, you take something that exists in the real world, break it into chunks, and each person can own a chunk. They're doing it with real estate. Like we used to have timeshares. Mm -hmm. So can you now own a piece of real estate that are just tokens, and then I own perhaps like 150th of a Manhattan studio, and you own the other 150th of a Manhattan studio, and then I can sell it to anybody that I want to sell it to. And I think that entire process um, is being experimented a lot in Europe. We are also seeing art, which is extremely important, primarily because if you're buying anything for, like, say, $20 million, you don't know the lineage of the art. Who owned it? Is it really real? Did somebody do the valuation of the art? Was the valuation accurate? And that's another brilliant use case for blockchain, especially as we get into uh, wealth management and you diversify. So making sure that you're diversifying in the right places and therefore, therefore getting into art and then can we create the provenance on art is another very important use case that we're seeing. So I think it's expanding, but it really comes down to you know who's taking those bold steps to put these capabilities together. And that's what we're seeing as experimentation. And, and, and what I found with the tokenization, because that's some use cases that we're looking at on our asset management side, is it it's an opportunity to create liquidity for, for transfers of ownership. So where you may need to go through a lot of paperwork and a manual process or a manual review, simply by saying, I'm selling my share, which is represented by a token um, from me to you, we can do that transaction instantaneously and not have to go through the physical process of executing a, a transaction. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of our podcast, The Buzz, the weekly wrap edition. Tune in next Friday to hear more from our Bank Automation Summit. Thank you for your time, and be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news. You can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Please don't hesitate to rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Thank you.